Hello, everyone. Welcome again to the Bat-Ass Podcast, the Batman the Animated Series Show podcast, where we talk about Batman the Animated Series. My name is Clay McCormick, and with me, as always, is Sean Murphy. How are you doing, Sean? Man, I got into a literal fistfight with my sister over this episode of Batman Over the Edge. Really? Yeah, literal. Oh. I know millennials use literally in a not literal way, but I'm literally a fistfight. Uh, <laughs> I, we, we didn't get along as kids. Uh, we had to take turns with the TV because, you know, our parents were awesome and only had one. And uh, it was her turn to watch it. Um, or I think it was my turn. And uh, I'm, sure they didn't, I'm sure they didn't do anything else for you, but the fact <laughs> that they had one TV really pissed you off. <laughs> so uh, this episode, so I'm like, I want to watch Batman the Animated Series. And this comes on and I'm like, what is going on? Everyone knows mm-hmm. who Batman is. Like this, the, my world is falling apart. Like this, this is such an explosive uh, episode, such an amazing beginning too. My sister comes in and switches the channel, and I was like, uh, "It's not your turn." And I don't remember who was right or wrong, but we ended up fighting over the TV. And like, I'm literally pinning her down on the floor as she's trying to bite my hand and trying to get to the TV <laughs> oh to turn God. it off. And you know, this is before you know. I wasn't recording it, you know, we didn't have, uh, you know, it's not like TVR or whatever like that, you know, there's no internet at the time, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so if I don't watch this now, I might never ever see it again, period. Right, right. Uh, you know, it's like 1990, whatever it was. So um, she's like, <laughs> kept struggling to get out of, of my lock. I was trying to hold her down so I, I wouldn't hurt her. And she kept like spitting on me and biting my hand and punching me and kicking me. And I finally like lost my shit, and I literally dragged her out of the house and locked her out of the house so I could watch the rest of the episode. <laughs> um, wow. Somehow, she managed to weasel back in through the garage, came up again, and once again, we were in a literal fight over this. And I remember, I mean, at this point, the episode's over, and, <laughs> and uh, I've missed it. And uh, I have her like pinned on the <laughs> stairs, and she's like screaming, and I don't know, my parents weren't home, obviously. And uh, she hit me once really good in the chest, and I, I, I punched her back, which you shouldn't punch girls or a sister. And, you know, it was a bad move. Like, I regretted it immediately. <laughs> um, so she <laughs> picks up the phone to call the cops. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah, so I grab the phone, and I slam it down, and I'm like, I'm fine. I'm sorry. You hit me a whole bunch of times. I hit you back. You know, fair is fair, whatever. Like, I'm not, you're not in any more danger. Let's just, you know, if, if, we, if the cops show up, our parents are never going to allow us to stay home alone without supervision ever again. You know? Correct. So, and uh, years later, so we have that secret. Uh, years later, this fight hits the fan again, and um, my, our parents found out about it somehow. And I immediately admit guilt, like, yeah, it was my fault. She tried to change the channel. I, this Batman episode, it was amazing. Batman was like this and that. And they're like, don't tell us about the episode. Tell us about <laughs> but if you- I, But if I, fi- <laughs> listen, if I explain what happened, you'll understand. <laughs> you don't you'll understand why I did what I did. If you just hear what this episode was about, it was unbelievable. So I, I assume they would be pissed at me because I'm... The older one, I'm, you know, I weigh 50 pounds more than her. <laughs> um, and uh, they instead got mad at her. They're like, Becky, you know how you set your brother off? You're always in his face. Like, why can't you leave him alone? And so I started getting mad defending her. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, there's no way I should have hit her back. Like, you know, it was a disaster. And uh, it is what it is. So anyway, yeah, amazing episode. <laughs> Moral of the story is, if you're a parent... Buy that second TV if you're thinking about it, because it might save might save your relationship with your kids. Anyway, yeah, we're talking about two episodes. Although we might we might get an hour just talking about unpacking everything that you just said. But 
uh, we're doing two episodes. We are actually halfway through the season. I mm. actually can't believe that because I don't. I feel like we've. We, I, it's yeah, only we a twenty-four episode season. This is, I think, our sixth episode. So we're only. Yeah. We're halfway through. Wow. Uh, and we're doing the ultimate thrill, and over the edge. So we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we're going to talk about ultimate thrill. And uh, I don't know if you have how many deep-seated emotional trauma you have linked to that episode, but we can get into yeah. that first, I think. And Becky, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Once again, I didn't mean to hit you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just really, really mad. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with Ultimate Thrill. There's nowhere to go. There's always down. But we're 3,000 feet up. Isn't it cool? Bye. All right, The Ultimate Thrill, written by Hillary J. Bader, directed by Dan Reba. And in this one, former stuntwoman and adrenaline junkie Roxanne Sutton becomes the rocket-riding thief Roxy Riot, sorry, Roxy Rocket, <laughs> to chase danger and excitement. Um... I looked up the trivia on on this afterwards, and uh, one thing popped out because it was a statement from Paul Dini or, mm-hmm. and Bruce Tim that echoed something I thought while I was watching it. They didn't say it exactly like this, but uh, this is the horniest episode <laughs> of Batman the Animated Series I think I've ever seen. Yeah. At the end, when uh, they're racing towards a cliff, she's playing a game of chicken. They're both on the rocket, and she's hoping Batman's going to blink first and jump off. And he mm-hmm. doesn't, and uh, she she blinks first. She turns around to try to you know shut off the rocket, or whatever. And he takes her hand, and he's like, "What's the matter? I thought you liked excitement or whatever," proving that he's more badass than she ever will be. And <laughs> she has an orgasm as uh, she assumes they're plunging to their death, literal, yes. their literal death. She gets off. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that is the pun intended climax of an episode's worth of horniness yep. from a bunch of different characters. Uh, there's a little bit of horniness from Batgirl in this. Uh, there's a whole bunch from Roxy. It's just a, it is a very, um, Mm. subtext laden episode. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I think it's a pretty good one. I think Roxy Rocket is a, is a really fun character. She's got something about her. I don't know what it is, but there's something about her that is different and kind of fresh. Yeah. While also being a really kind of classic, almost like Fleischer era design to her. hundred percent. Yeah, well you know said. she's got the the rocketeer kind of look, and she's riding this ridiculous oversized metaphor. <laughs> um, but it feel it feels like something you'd see out of the Fleischer cartoons in the in the in the in the thirties or forties or whatever. Yeah, I loved her from the minute I saw her. Uh, the design, the goggles, the rocket, the leather jacket, the hero scarf, you know, the hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had a crush on. I, I was definitely had a crush on her when I first saw her. And uh, this is exactly the type of woman that I would date for a while and would get me into a lot of trouble because they're crazy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's she's got a she's got an attitude. They somehow managed to, uh, thankfully, ma- made her have an attitude that's different than the other female characters on the show that 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 have that sort of like. Um, yeah. uh, I don't know what the word is, but. Uh, aggressive isn't the right word but right. she's like she's she's very different from catwoman she's very different from harley yeah. but they all kind of are playing in a little bit of the same 
yeah. uh, a little bit of the same pool there. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 just a really uh, she's just a lot of fun. She's a really fun character. Yeah. Yeah, she's hot in a way that like punk rock chicks can be hot, or uh, roller derby girls are hot. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're aggressive and powerful, and they own their bodies. They're not afraid of their bodies, and it's still it's just a different type of sexuality than what Catwoman has. It's not sensual. Right, it's like right. rugged, but it's like God damn, you are hot. <laughs> and you right, know and, it. They, <laughs> and they and they do they they do it without like leaning on that sort of like visual cue it's not like oh she's got a uh, half her hair cut off and it's kind of the tips are dyed pink so you know that she's a badass like it's it's very it's very it's very much from the performance of the actress yeah which is i think it's great i looked her up i didn't recognize her name from anything really i'm surprised she's good or her face yeah she hasn't done very much this actress yeah but she's great in this yeah Um, like that raspy voice uh she sounds like a smoker you know what I mean? Yeah, it's got like just enough, just enough rasps to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, you might just skip to the end. One one thing I would want to draw in this is obviously uh, Roxy because I think she's just amazing. I got to draw her in White Knight. I uh, had her as one of the villains who got you know brainwashed, and uh, mm-hmm. there wasn't a whole lot of time to really do like a splash with her. Really do what I would have liked to have done. Um, and mostly, uh, I found whoa, the rocket. Whoa, whoa, calm down, Sean. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Talking about doing what you'd like to have done. <laughs> God, I didn't even think of it that way. <laughs> um, but uh, ironically, I hated drawing that fucking rocket. Oh, really? Yeah. I, it, it's My design problem with it is is a whole lot of nothing going on. Just like when you draw the TAS Batmobile, it can be tricky because you have like three lines and if you don't get them all right, then it's going to look wrong. It's not like there's a lot right. of de- detail that you can scribble in to cover up anything, you know. And uh, for her rocket, I had a hard time figuring out how the handlebars would attach. Because uh, I don't like how they're swept back in this episode. I, I sort of like a different design sense. But I never really took a hard stab at it. I sort of like, sort of half drew the rocket in the first panel from far away. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then I got to draw it closer and I sort of figured some stuff out, but I never actually took the time on the side to do like a design of like what I'd want to see. You know what I mean? So whenever I look yeah, back at those yeah. old pages, I'm just like, ugh, fucking rocket. You know, you know what I discovered while I was doing bloody hell that I have a really hard time drawing is, um, <laughs> period. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. You well, took a that, break. Yes. I thought that was the end of it. <laughs> yeah. I have a really hard time drawing. <laughs> No, I I have a hard time drawing those like basically I, I learned it because I was drawing all these swords yeah and I was like man I just haven't really figured out how to reconcile two straight lines that then turn into like a arch that comes to a point yeah and I don't know why it's just something like every every time I do it it's like I I start the like it I, I stop the straight lines at the wrong point so it's like not even or something or it's or the, the point is like slightly off center yeah i just i that's and i can see i can see drawing that rocket if you don't kind of yeah. like nail it i yeah. can see it being very difficult yeah it's sort of like drawing a sword um it you got this curve and it comes to like a point and there's like a little antenna dot on the nose or whatever if you have the wrong angle on your french curve or whatever you you're using um it can look droopy it has right. to be again. I don't mean to get into all these penis jokes, <laughs> but <laughs> this whole uh, episode is apparently just going to be a, a giant therapy <laughs> session. So we may know, as well get into the psychosexual aspect of it now. 
I wonder if you slowed down any of the explosions, if you would see like a cloud shaped like a dick or something. Oh, jeez. Because that's what I would have done. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> um, but you know, they, they they also they throw in they throw in the penguin here to to give a little bit of uh, extra stuff uh, for her to do. I like. Uh, how did you feel about the animation in this this episode? Because I the first chase sequence. Mm-hmm. I didn't think looked great. The one where it was uh, he was chasing her in the Batwing, mm-hmm. but the second one when he's chasing her in that uh, toy advertisement he's wearing, yeah, through like the the, <laughs> the tunnel and everything that yeah. looked fantastic. I thought the animation yeah. like from that point on I thought was really really good. Yeah, I think sometimes this design of this season is a little bit paper papery. It's very flimsy. It looks like Batman's uh, cut out of a piece of cardboard. And you yeah, just sort of knock yeah. him. He doesn't feel very rounded. He doesn't feel three dimensional at all. Even though obviously he is not three D. But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like some of the angles they pick on him, it looks like he looks like a sticker that's moving. He doesn't look like a round object at all. Um, yeah. But I think that you're right. They did manage to fix it. So at the very end, when she takes off her jacket, and you can see her like bruised Tim arms, you know, just sort of her hyperextended elbows slightly. Right, and she's right. like this like pinup girl like Betty Page on top of this rocket. I thought she looked so good. Uh, she looked yeah, very rounded. Yeah. But Batman, with the angles, I think it just make him, made him more look like a piece of paper sometimes. Yeah, there's one shot. I can't remember if it's... It must be this episode where it's like a... There, I think it's in the Batcave. Uh-huh. And Bat, Batman's sitting at, at the computer and it's like a close-up on him with, I think, Alfred and Batgirl in the background. I know the shot. And yeah. Batman's face looks like it was just drawn in like jagged lines. Yeah. It it feels very flat. He, you, you're right. It feels like somebody cut him cut him out of paper or something, as yeah. opposed to like a, a fully formed figure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't. It's funny because you can tell a different studio did this than some of the other stuff. That like, um, I think uh, the next episode was done by the best studio, and um, it's in Japan, and they always draw Batman with the biggest fucking chin. But they make it work. Like there's something about it. Like yeah, his eyes yeah. are, you know, two inches apart. His nose is right there, and then there's his mouth, and then there's a giant ass chin underneath that. But it kind of works. Mm. And yeah. this uh, studio moves the mouth to a more anatomically correct position, but it uses these like concave lines to outline his face. You know, so instead of like mm. roundness coming out of your ears, it dips in around the cheekbones. It's like the style choice that they make. And I always it stands out to me because the other studio who animates this season doesn't do that, but they do the big yeah. thing. It, it it is interesting. It's always I always find it interesting in the show when you can see the disparity between animation houses or or yeah. or what because there are some there are some that look like they are movie level you know big screen ready animated feature quality and then yeah. there are some where it's like we needed to get this done because we hadn't we the yeah. episode was late and so we cut we cut a couple a couple frames out of this punch that yeah. robin's throwing in this in this one yeah yeah uh, yeah I, Roxy, this, oh, sorry, I was gonna say um this is the first time we uh can see that the penguin is going legit like he sort of right. describes yeah. like i can't get caught if you're coming here batman's gonna follow you when Batman shows up, he's like, where's your warrant? Like, he's going to be a legit straight businessman. Uh, and I don't think that that's been described up to this point. Yeah, we've seen the Iceberg Lounge, but I don't think that he's ever voiced that he's trying yeah. to be a legit businessman. Yeah. 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 Um, he, he's horny, too. Uh, we, <laughs> we get about as close as we can get to him 
you doing the line from Batman Returns where the Penguin's like, I want to teach her my French, French flipper trick. Uh, <laughs> it's actually very similar kind of interaction with, with him and Roxy as uh, with him and Catwoman in, yeah. in Batman Returns. Yeah, not quite as creepy. Yeah, not quite as creepy as Batman Returns. But Yeah, when I mean, you're leaking ink and juice out of your face while you're talking, it, yeah, it kind of turns it all up to 11. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Roxy's an interesting character because she actually originated... I don't know if anybody else really did this. She originated in the Batman Adventures Annual Number 1. So she was... A comic book character first, but she mm. was a comic book. Ca- uh, the comic book she appeared in was the animated series comic. So wow. Paul Dini created her for the animated series comic Batman Adventures Annual, and then when they, which was in 1994, so she had been mm. around for four years before uh, before oh. this episode came out. Wow, and, I did not know that. That's cool. Yeah, and so when they re when they re uh, uh, re upped the series for the new Batman Adventures, they they grabbed her and they thought she would be a good villain to use. Yeah, and I think I, I agree. I think I think it's a, it's a good choice. I think she uh, she is she's really iconic, but incredibly simple. Like there's mm-hmm. no real weird gimmicks. She's just like a, a former stunt person who's a thrill seeker and turned to crime. That's it. Mm-hmm. She's got the big rocket. And mm-hmm. that's like her whole gimmick, and it just it works really well. I think she's a good character. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm surprised. I'm surprised people haven't done more with her. Me too. Because yeah. even in the comics, uh, she doesn't really show up in the comics that much. She's only got. Uh, she has a cameo in Detective Comics 822, which was mm-hmm. written by Paul Dini. Um, she was in, uh, she was in Batgirl. She was in a couple issues of Batgirl. Yeah. And uh, she was in Batman Black and White Volume One, mm-hmm. and uh, one appearance. Oh, she was in three issues, uh, four issues of Batman Lil Gotham. Uh-huh. And, oh, that's Dustin. Uh, so Dustin yeah, Wynn is, book, is yeah. my a really close friend, and uh, he and I bonded over this cartoon and Roxy. So I'm sure he oh, nice. that at the writer or Derek uh, Derek Friedolfs, I think wrote that stuff. And uh, oh, yeah, cool. I know that's probably Dustin telling him. I want to draw a Roxy Rocket. <laughs> yeah. And after that, the only other appearance is in uh, White Knight. Where I, and, uh, uh, and I think I killed her. <laughs> yeah, I think you killed everybody. <laughs> Actually, it doesn't... I, I don't know, because it only mentions she appears in White Knight number three and four. It doesn't mention that she shows up in Curse of the White Knight, so maybe she's still out there somewhere. Or yeah, Somebody hasn't updated the Wikipedia page for uh, <laughs> Curse. I'm not writing those, whoever's... Yeah, I don't know who's doing that, but usually they do a very good job. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although for a uh, while but, I was an animator and uh, I didn't correct it, and years went by, and finally somebody took out the animation part and just said I was a comic book artist, which is oh perfect. really? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm surprised she hasn't really had like a main main title or or anything kind of like yeah. run. Um, because yeah. all of all of these all of these credits make it sound like she was just kind of a background character or maybe like yeah you know that usually usually if they have a story there's they they will um yeah write out the story in in wikipedia and that's not the case i mean it's begging for a roxy rocket year one i mean you and i could easily come up with a pitch it's like oh yeah so she was a stunt double and she had this thing and she liked to make things more difficult and here's why and here's how she got like i love how they said she can't get insurance anymore because she's too much of a risk taker, you know, like, right, right. This is a kid's show. So you don't want to go into insurance too much, 
but they do sort of quickly <laughs> describe it and it makes sense like yeah if I was we an would write guy, <laughs> we would write four issues of red tape that you would not believe it would be the most exciting actually no if we uh actually what would be great is uh red hood volume two should be the the year jason spent as a stunt person where yeah. he ends up meeting Rock, roxy rocket that's true man he could be a little bit like a uh, brad pitt and once upon a time from uh from uh, yeah, in yeah there's a whole i think there's a whole series you could get out of him just yeah. using the like uh <laughs> The Incredible Hulk TV show framing, mm. where it's like he's just constantly on the move, yeah, uh, moving from town to town, job to job, kind of thing. But he's yeah, also yeah. a little bit of kung, the... kung fu, exactly kung fu. Yeah, yeah. I think that that would be cool. Um, yeah, that's funny. Did uh, we say on this podcast about Jason Todd and how we're sort of basing him off of Johnny Lawrence from Cobra Kai? I think we did. Yeah, I think we did mention that a couple yeah. episodes ago. Okay. But yes, that is that is the plan is yeah. to to at least. A little bit base, uh, yeah. Jason Todd in our in our White Knight spinoff on uh, yeah, John yeah. Lawrence. It's funny um, when you because you asked me, can I tweet something about this? And I said, absolutely not. Do not <laughs> write this down. If they can Google search it and they see that you've jumped the you know jumped the gun on marketing, right, right. But if you say it in a podcast, nobody seems to care. So because no one's going to listen to you and I talking about mullets for two hours just on the chance that we're going to spoil a Jason Todd book that hasn't been announced. That's true. You know? That's true. But uh, so, yeah, anybody listening, do not write this down on Twitter. Thank you for not writing anything down. Like, I feel you just, like this, a lot of asked. secrets are kept here, this podcast. Like, I've met a lot of listeners and none of them have spoiled <laughs> any of the said any of the dumb shit that I've said that could have gotten me canceled like a hundred times over. <laughs> I was going to say you, what you just did though, is you asked everybody not to press the giant red button and said, oh, everyone's shit. just going to want to press the giant okay. red button, but we'd appreciate it if you didn't. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Don't, don't talk about it too much. If you can help it. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise um, I won't be able to be as honest on these podcasts anymore. That's true. That's true. Uh, the only other thing that stood out to me in this episode that I thought was really funny was the, uh, the last sequence when they're flying, uh, you know, they're doing the rocket chase there. Yeah. Um, they go through an area of Gotham that is apparently a desert with canyons, a forest, and then also <laughs> touches the ocean. It's Springfield. Yeah, it's it's very much Springfield from The Simpsons, where it's it's whatever whatever land you need it to be. It's it's within driving distance. I would have thrown in a cameo of that. Um, there was an episode where Bruce forgot who he was, and he was uh, in a, a prison gang in the desert. Oh yes, yes. I would have find found a way to draw that in the background or that fat guy somewhere in the background because <laughs> it looks like the same desert. It does. It probably it probably was. I can't imagine there's too yeah. much desert outside of the, the city limits of Gotham. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it it very much it, it very much kind of felt like a Wiley e. Coyote cartoon to a certain extent with 100%. you know him riding yeah. the giant Acme rocket through the yeah. canyons and stuff. I bet I wonder it wouldn't surprise me if that was in somewhat somewhat intentional to make yeah. that sort of uh, 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 obscure reference. If it would be, it would um, be cool if you were drawing this comic uh to have a fold-out comic, so you open the page and it unfolds and unfolds. I forget what you call that. Um, so you have like a massive, uh, it's like a four-page spread. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, you flip it over and it's another spread. Like I remember there was an issue of Wildcats that Jim Lee did, and half of the issue was these massive fold-out pages, which are fucking awesome. It was just a giant splash of like Grifter and Zealot jumping through a window or something like that. I would be tempted to do that with this, but have the whole... For all four pages, just be them sitting on this giant long rocket, 
You know? Yeah. That would, how difficult do you think is that to get approved? Like in the 90s, it was basically like, yeah, well, let's yeah. sure. Let's throw money at it. People will buy it. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Like I've said before. You can tell the how big of an industry the comics industry was in the '90s, in the late '80s, early '90s, yeah, yeah. because they put out a multi a multi issue yeah. series called Punisher Armory that was just technical drawings <laughs> of his guns, and it probably that. sold a hundred thousand copies. Otherwise, it wouldn't have made you know yeah. twelve issues or whatever. I think they yeah I even bought they did that a lot with like issue zero, or uh, mm-hmm. Rob Liefeld swiped that. I'm sure he did one with like you know, young blood or something like that. I'm sure I bought it. <laughs> but like, but like now, do you think, do you think you would get like a hard no if you yeah. suggested that and been like, I want to do a five page fold out in the if middle I, of this issue. If I pushed, I mean, the thing is you have to charge more for that book. You know? Right. Right. And uh, their books are so expensive now. Anyway, they're like five bucks a book. At least it's just, it's not even, um, it's, it's disproportionate to the prices, even in the nineties, like even adjusted for inflation, it is way too expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's funny cause saying that has become like a culture war thing on Twitter, which is stupid. Um, <laughs> but yeah, five ninety nine for a book is already asking a lot. And if you're going to ask now seven bucks for a book, that's just glorified splash pages. Like I would try it, you know, and if I mean, I'm sure if DC is going to say yes to anyone who can move those numbers, it might be someone like me, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That, Oh, you know, what would be kind of cool if <clears throat> you did that, like in a flash comic, right. And you have this big. Uh, sequence where he runs backwards through time, mm-hmm. so every foldout is a different time period. Yeah, to make it look like he, that would be kind of cool. But yeah, yeah. It, would, it would probably be like an eight dollar comic. That uh, yeah, <laughs> unless that unless that comic is like sixty pages, I don't think that's gonna fly. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, there is one thing that really bothers me about this episode. Mm-hmm. It's it's so when uh, Batman's in the bat plane and he's in trouble and he lands in the Batcave. First of all. You know, you're trailing a bunch of smoke and fuel and fire. Like you just drew a straight line to where the cave is, basically. <laughs> uh, but whatever, it's a cartoon. So when he lands, <laughs> the front wheel of the fucking jet comes down, and it looks like a wagon wheel. <laughs> it is the oh, I didn't even notice it. Low tech bullshit. Like I needed it, it. Bugged me when I was a kid, and it bugs me now. Like it looks like a fucking wagon wheel. It's got spokes on it, and it's just yeah. There's no way that that flimsy piece of shit would hold up. Uh, the, take the impact of a plane landing on it. You know, the other thing I noticed in that sequence actually was um, when he comes down, he has those like bungee cords or whatever that are yeah. stopping him. Yeah. That that animation looked exactly like, remember in Batman 89 when he flies and he, he uh, yes. uh, catches all the balloons <laughs> yeah. in, the, in, the, in the ears? Yeah. It looked exactly the same. I wonder You're if right. they just referenced that to get that, the way the, the wires hang over the side as it's going through. I, would, I hope they did. I would bet $1,000 that they did. That's such a cool, because you have like, how do we, what kind of, I mean, how is this thing going to slow down? We could do like a uh, a parachute out the back, but that's boring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just hit a bunch of, a yeah. bunch of, a bunch of elastics. This whole episode has a little ki- uh, uh, Wiley Coyote built into it. We'll stop him with a giant elastic band. Did you say that it was Paul Dini who wrote it? I can't remember. Paul Dini created the character, but the episode itself was written by uh, Hillary J. Bader. Okay, yeah. Because I know, I mean, I think all of these writers are Acme, you know, Roadrunner cartoon fans. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention about this was it's another episode that has a really abrupt ending to it. Uh-huh. Um, but I feel like in this case, it kind of works because yeah. I don't really know what else you do after he catches her, except, yeah. I mean, 
if they cut back to to Wayne Manor and he's just taking a really cold shower, yeah, that might be a way to end it. <laughs> but aside from that, I think the abrupt ending kind of works yeah. in this one. You know, if you could do this episode without any dialogue, you could have made this like if this was a comic uh, issue, you could do it with no balloons and just do it through silent storytelling, and it would be exactly the same. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that's why I think the ending works because it's just like the whole episode is like beat for beat for beat for beat for beat and then yeah. you get to the end and one more beat and we're done. Like that's kind yeah, of the, kinda, the gimmick they're going for. And, it, and the episode itself is kind of a giant chase sequence, right? And yeah. you know, the, the chase <laughs> sequence ends when you catch the yeah. person you're chasing. I, you're right. That I hated his fucking rocket pack. Uh, <laughs> it looks dumb. It's like, all right, so you have that. Well, why the hell? Do you, why would you walk anywhere anymore ever again, Batman? Why not just wear that all the time? You know, why have a grappling hook? Like, it's just you, you just breach. You jumped over this logic ravine. You can't get back now. You know. Well, you know, he's trying some new stuff out. He's got the jetpack. He's got the fire suit. Maybe he's not going to hang on to everything. Yeah. Uh, in this one, when he takes off, when he takes the jetpack off, he throws it down very violently as though he thinks it sucks i noticed when he takes <laughs> it off, right it's like click clank click clank click clank like he's just <laughs> upset with it yeah and he can float he could sort of pr- propel himself in space and, and sort of just hover there too and uh i mean i don't know i'm, I'm so i'm doing uh beyond now and terry can fly in the suit and mm-hmm. i was I'm trying to figure out this those fucking wings and uh they're awful to draw. Like there's artists <laughs> who make it look really good. Like I think Dan Mora did some in a comic and he found oh, a way to do it. He's amazing. Yeah. But he had to you have to like consider the wings as a separate design element and it's different no matter if he's walking, if he's punching, if he's flying, you really have to think it through. Mm-hmm. Um and you can tell a lot of artists who've drawn Beyond's wings didn't know what to do with it. They're kind of just flapping around. Like there's these two like they look like a f- wings of a fly. If you're not careful, there's these two oh, flappy sure. things that shoot out of his back, and it's not clear: are they coming out of his back? Are they coming out from like underneath his armpits? Um, yeah, I always thought it was like a like kind of like a glider situation, like one of those squirrel suit things, kind of yeah. like what what Nightwing so, has. Sometimes in the, it is. In the show. Yeah, so, but then he can grab somebody and pull them off a bridge with the wings still extended, which means they're not attached to his arms. Sometimes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So what I did huh. for my design was, you know, those spikes the Batman always has on his, his forearms? Yes. Uh, I'm, I drew it so those things extend, and um, they are part of the kite, if you will. So it goes from this, Oh, sure. Okay. So and there's a, another part under his wrist that shoots out like two feet. So um, it's like he's holding a giant ruler on two hands, and it's like this uh, red tarp that goes from his hip up through his armpits. So it's definitely like a, a squirrel type thing. I like, see. Uh, okay. He can't lower his arms and not expect to plummet is the idea, you know? Okay, so um, Batman Beyond in your book is attached to a giant kite. Got it. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bold, bold design choice. Yeah, no, I know it sounds weird, but if I show you the concept art, like it, it does, I'll, I'll make it work. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I haven't come this far. I mean, I got through uh, Batman's uh, prostitute high, high-rise boots. For two volumes. I think I can make a kite work. <laughs> uh, hey, you throw a, throw a leg pouch on him and it'll work perfectly fine. Uh, you're never going to let me live that down. <laughs> um, <laughs> I so did not want to draw Azrael's fucking pouch. <laughs> you went well, hard to bat for that, that pouch. And yeah, in my and, sight, you know. it was totally the thing to do. <laughs> anyway, uh, you said you would you would draw Roxy in this one? Yep. How about you? I 
I feel like I feel like the same. Um, it, it's tough because there's only like a few things in this episode, really. Mm-hmm. When you really uh, look at it, yeah. Uh, I I might take a swing at redesigning Batman's rocket suit. Uh, mm, good if, one. if he need if he needs to have one, maybe 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 do something a little bit different there. I'm not really sure what exactly it would be. Yeah, maybe some sort of like large kite type situation. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I I'm gonna go with that for now. Uh, yeah. What would you rate this one? I'm gonna go a high four. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a four. I think it's I when it started off, I honestly was was not sure about mm-hmm. it because um, I thought based on how this season has been going, I thought it was going to be kind of a throwaway mm-hmm. with just a new character that they kind of burn through. But yeah. Uh, yeah, pleasantly surprised. I thought she was great. Uh, it's a bummer she doesn't really show up in anything after that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would give it a four. This is definitely, especially from this season, this is definitely one you should watch. Yeah, for sure. That's going to do it for uh, Ultimate Thrill. We'll take a quick break. We'll talk about uh, Sean's going to lay down on the couch, and we are going to talk about <laughs> Over the Edge. No sign of him yet, Commissioner. Keep your eyes open. I know he's here. Barbara. Got him. Do it. Over the Edge, written by Paul Dini, directed by Yuichiro Yano. And in this one, during a fight with the Scarecrow, Batgirl is ambushed on a rooftop and falls to her death. Having watched his daughter's demise, Jim Gordon blames Batman for her fate and vows revenge, recruiting Bane in the process. Uh, I did do not remember this episode i did not remember this episode from when it was on and i mm. and i don't think i've watched it since it was on yeah uh really good it's it's a the thing that stood out to me more than anything and i mean there's a lot of stuff going on here obviously yeah. cuz you know you've got this this great hook they start with and it's they mm-hmm. jump backwards and it turns out to be all in you know scarecrow toxin and whatever yeah um this is a really like serious episode yeah it like they they kind of it, it, I I feel like this has White Knight written all over it, a hundred percent. Yeah, because it kind of has that feeling where it's like, okay, well, what really kind of would happen if we kind of put the toys away for a second and yeah, someone actually got killed, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't expecting them to take it that seriously and for things to get that dark. Right. You know, it's funny because uh, Gordon. He figured out who Batman is, and he's, he says, like, all I had to do was look at my daughter's diary or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, he figured it out. As, which, which, to me, does that mean he knows that she's Batgirl? And, and for that matter, the ending, there's two ways to interpret it, you know? Whether or not Gordon actually knows that she's Batgirl. Right. Yeah, the ending The ending is interesting. Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about that now, or do you want to wait until we get through Yeah, we'll wait for that, because sure, that is, sure. like, the one... Because it is such a fast-paced beat for beat for beat but the ending does add the human element to this whole thing which i think is Mm -hmm. why because you have a whole like oh it was just a dream thing which really annoys people however uh they did manage to pull it off in this situation you know right yeah because yeah having dreams and fears is sort of what scarecrow is about so that makes sense um if you're gonna do the whole it's a dream thing you better make that fucking dream good and right. they did. They did make it good. And then they used it to bolster or comment on her relationship with her father, which I thought was really nice. Yeah. They they, they also they also uh 
manage to to keep it. I mean, you have to assume you're watching this that there's some sort of twist coming, but uh-huh. it's they, too good not to. <laughs> right. But they manage to keep it under wraps or like keep your eye off the ball from the scarecrow toxin because yeah. it's not like the usual scarecrow yeah. fear dream that involves, you know, yeah. Barbara falling out the nose of her father as he yeah. face turns into a giant demon or something. Yeah. Like you're watching this the first time, it's never gonna be the same again. You know, like right, it's, right. it's still a great episode, but I, I am jealous of people who have never seen this one because I almost want to watch them watch it because it's like stuff you can't come back from. You know, Gotham, everyone knows that he's Bruce Wayne's Batman. You can't undo mm-hmm. that. Gordon's going after him. Can't undo that. Gordon's breaking the law to, to kill him. You know, like cops are literally shooting at him. Alfred sacrifices himself, kind of, to so Bruce can escape. Right, and, um, right, and it's right. just like, oh, shit, they are slaying all the sacred cows here. How the hell is Gotham ever going to be the same again, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I. You know, it's funny, though. <clears throat> I, I do think they're playing a little bit of dirty pool as far as writing this goes. Because sure, she's had it's it's scarecrow talks and whatever, yeah. but like the way that they present the episode, it has like a flashback built into it. Like her, what I'm saying is, her dream is very writerly structured. Let's put it that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're they're using they're using some tricks of manipulation that are that writers have, but uh-huh. that aren't necessarily present. You would think in a person's. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe people have dreams that have flashbacks built into them. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> but like but like you know they, it's it's played so straight and they do yeah. that thing where they you know they go they you they start with the beginning and then they get to Nightwing saves them oh by the way one of the big thing this episode does I think it confirms Nightwing's got a mullet because the back of his hair is so long when he's on that jet ski and it's all <laughs> flapping in the wind and the top is just so tight and not moving. I have to imagine it's shorter and possibly buzzed down versus the foot and a half of hair he's got coming off of the back of his neck. I've been thinking about mullets all week since you released that podcast that where we talked about Nightwing's mullet. I can't stop yeah. thinking about <laughs> I When I edited it, I, uh, I did not realize how long we talked about mullets. <laughs> It but was like not, it, it was like ten minutes. But we weren't repeating ourselves. Like I thought we were adding more interesting, important topics. You know, t- point, talking points about mullets. You know, yeah, yeah. The real, <laughs> the real things. The real uh, questions to, to get to when you're talking about anything. Really. Yeah, I'll never look at Bishop the same way again. I never, re- re- never registered that he uh, had a mullet. Have you lost respect for B- Bishop now that you've no? No, you, you know. know what? Honestly, now, if I was going to draw a bishop or if they had a bishop movie, I think you should just go for the mullet at this point. You know, I think yeah. do it because 80s are if, back anyway. Fuck it. I think there's a way to make it work. If So the way that they did Bishop in, in Days of Futures Past, they gave him like, I think, like, you know, like long dreadlocks and stuff. Yeah. And I thought yeah. it, he looked great in that. But yeah. if Bishop ever shows up in Deadpool, he 100% is going to have that mullet. He has to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> Um, Uh, but yeah, uh, the, the beginning, they play it so straight that it's so dark and then they do mm -hmm. that kind of like flashback thing where Nightwing needs to know what's going on. And so they go, well, I'll tell you, give me a Uh second and I'll recap everything for you. (laughs) Uh, so they kind of keep you off the scent a little bit, although you would think that Scarecrow being involved might be a bit of a tip off, but there are so Mm -hmm. many other people involved in this episode. Yeah. It's not like, yeah super clear who the villain is right um and uh if you want to look at this from a psychological standpoint what does it say about barbara's uh 
what she thinks about her dad, that she thinks that her, her dad would go to the awful depths that he goes to in this episode to get yeah. back at Batman. Yeah, I, I think that shows a lot of character for her and her father because I don't think people disagree that Gordon would lose his mind <laughs> you yeah. know, for a day yeah. and he would play all his cards and he could probably be very formidable if he wanted to be and make Batman's life extremely hard. Um I think that powers his character a lot, and it shows him as being a... Because, you know, Gordon very much is um, by the book, um, but he's willing to put all that aside if it means avenging his daughter, you know? Yeah. It's going to take a see, lot for him to break the rules. What I do want to see, though, is I want to see the, the deleted scene where after Gordon goes to Bane and offers him what he offers him to kill Batman, yeah. they let him out, and then Gordon goes, I'm really sorry... All we could find for a mask was this BDSM thing. <laughs> is this going to work? And then Bane's like, yeah, this is going to work. And then Gordon walks away and he's like, I'm going to kill that motherfucker. <laughs> where's, my, hate, where's my luchador mask? Yeah, I hate BDSM mask Bane. I really don't like it. <laughs> I uh, I like it, but I, I, I know what you're saying. And I agree. I, I think... <laughs> I think I wouldn't mind it as much if he didn't have the spikes around his neck. I don't know. It's just it's just a really weird look for him that I yeah. don't care for. Yeah. Uh, I went through a, a when I, I used to like drawing characters wearing tight leather because Travis Ture used to do it really well. And mm-hmm. I would copy his stuff. So I remember like Wolverine or Zealot where somebody was wearing tight black leather. And, and Adam Hughes went through this phase and Jason Pearson and a bunch of those guys. Um, it was like a thing in the late 90s because it was like, you don't have to render muscles, just render sweet, tight leather on everything, like in right. the Matrix, you know? Um, so I, I'm sure that that's kind of what they were going, or at least top tipping their hat to. Just in, just on his face, though, not anywhere else. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I never liked Bane, the, 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 the wrestler look either. I thought he looked too Jack, Jack Kirby for my taste. Like, I'm not oh, a really? Jack, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I'm sorry, everybody. I am not a Jack Kirby fan. <laughs> um, like I respect him his output was amazing he was the guy in the time and the place and uh, I'll never be as famous as him like I get it like I have all the respect in the world for Jack Kirby but when I look at his stuff it's just not my thing like yeah, yeah. I'm evolved off of styles that are three generations evolved from that you know like I'm not even looking that far you know what I mean it's like I might be looking at Jim Lee when I'm drawing but I don't I don't see Jim looking at Jack Kirby either you know like I'm, I'm curious yeah. like what the tree of evolution looks like I am not on the branch that connects to Jack Kirby although you could argue everyone in comics is connected to Jack Kirby which is also true I don't mm. know <laughs> yeah he's <laughs> he's one of those guys he's one of those guys that it kind of took me a while to come around on like when yeah. I was younger when I was younger I had I had the same response where I was like who why do people like this guy I don't really understand it <laughs> yeah but uh, as I got older and I was kind of like looking at his stuff a little bit more and I was like, okay, I get it. I, I, I think, yeah, yeah it, it's a lot of it is, is based on the, the time and the place and like how, how innovative his stuff was. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's just nobody else draws like him. Like yeah. He created so much language for yeah. comics that is comics yeah. don't exist without them as they do yeah. now. Yeah. Um, that it's, it's. It's just incredible what he managed to do in, in yeah. arguably a, sh- a fairly short period of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I never liked Darwin Cook's stuff. Um, and he's passed on uh, like four years ago. And oddly, like I am friends with all of his old friends. Like I managed to get into his clique by accident. 
just after he died. Mm-hmm. So I had friends who were like bawling their eyes out, upset that he was gone, you know. And you know, I didn't. I never really. I met him once. Uh, I know he was like a kind of a hard drinker and kind of a man's man, or at least thought he was. Um, and uh, I just never liked his stuff. I didn't. I, I like Bruce Timm's style fine, and I just saw uh, Darwin as a swipe of a ripoff, you know. And like, mm-hmm. I there's so many styles that were like comics of yesteryear, you know, like it just seemed like right, this like right. retro thing. And like, I don't fucking get this. I don't care. I got Final Frontier or whatever. I didn't like that either. I, mean, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And I hopefully none of my friends listen to this because I don't think they know I feel this way about Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> so I might have just ended three friendships. Well, uh, I, I felt I felt the same way about Alex Toth for a long time too. Where I, I when I first started looking at his stuff and I was like, yeah, Space Ghost. Who gives a shit? Uh, and then again, that's another one where I was like, oh, "Okay, I I get this. I understand why this is so revered now." It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, because you know, I think, I think you that stuff la- stuff lands differently when you are considering different yeah. things at the time. You know, like when yeah. I first came across Alex Toth, I was like right, right in the pocket of being huge into like Bill Sienkiewicz and Dave McKean and these guys who are like yeah. really pushing the boundaries and really yeah. lines everywhere. Yeah, opposite, it's the complete, Toth. complete opposite. Yeah. And so when I when that kind of like settled down and I was looking at Toth again, I was like, okay, it's the economy yeah. that is the, is the is the brilliance here. Is yeah. the stuff that he can do with so few lines and make yeah. it so uh, pop why, so well. Yeah, the artists, artists. The reason that we call them artists, artists is because um, they're often unappreciated by the masses because they're doing something that only the artists can see. Like right. you have to have some training before you can realize. Oh, adding a bunch of lines isn't always necessary. You know, Alex Toth proves that there are other ways of doing things. Like you're seeing what he's not drawing with Alex Toth. You're, it's amazing how little detail. It's like you have to be trained in it to get it. it you have to be a little bit of an art snob to get Alex Toth. Right, Toth, yeah. I think. And you know, a lot of artists are like uh, artists. Artists generally, for me, like fall into that category somewhere. You know. And when they yeah. said Darwin was an artist, artist, I'm like, no, he's not. It's not for me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, Toth was one of those guys where, uh, you know, when I when I first came across it, I was like, yeah, Space Ghost. He draws Hot Wheels comics. Who? What, nobody's <laughs> reading that shit. And then you look at those re- Hot Wheels comics, and you go, oh my god. So Who was were, reading this? Yeah, because this is the best Hot Wheels comic anyone's <laughs> ever drawn in history and probably ever will draw. Yeah, there are people who will claim that the Hot Wheels stuff he did was the peak of his entire career. It's Imagine amazing. Imagine blowing it on a kid's book. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, it, things. the chips fall where the chips fall across a person's career for a variety yeah. of different yeah. reasons. But it's like, it's, it's always mind-blowing when I come across something like that where you just... It's a book that's kind of under the radar, and you open it up and you go, "Oh my god, yeah. this is unbelievable!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, anyway, there's funny. There's a really great scene where uh, they're on the roof, and uh, Bane uh, throws the bat signal at him. And I did a yes, nod yeah. to the scene in, in, in my comic, not a swipe, a nod to everybody. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the way that it was animated, like it looks like it was rotoscoped because Bane is like injured so he's kind of hobbling and he picks mm-hmm. up this giant circle and throws it and then falls down towards the camera like it's in this like this three-point perspective of him stumbling the only way that they they had to have rotoscope that one shot that shot is amazing i think 
I think they might have because there's another shot earlier in that fight yeah. of Batman where he like he's like coming at the camera and he does this sort of like duck and duck and faint kind of thing before he punches Bane. And yeah. I was like, that's not a series of movements that you can do without reference. That it yeah. was like too smooth and like too specific of a movement yeah. that they must have just rotoscoped somebody throwing like a, a boxing punch or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's too. That's that was. I think that was the other. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100 percent because I can almost see it in my head again. Yeah, yeah. I would recommend going back to people just watching those two little clips. It's just they're so great, you know. But yeah, I mean, it's not the only time in the episode where the animation is so good. Like the whole episode yeah. is just really, really well done. Everybody, yeah. everybody looks fantastic. Like, yeah, I, I like the Batgirl design in general. Mm-hmm. But I do think that a lot of times she has a little bit of that paper doll kind of stuff we were talking she about looks with Batman. A little flimsy, yeah. Yeah. But in this one, I think she looks perfect. Like she yeah. looks so realized and so three dimensional. I mean, as much as you can get in a two dimensional cartoon. You know what yep. I mean? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, yeah. But it, it just looks great. Like all of her movements look great. Everybody's movement looks great. That the, the guy they got for that mullet animation was just, I hope he got a raise. <laughs> uh, I don't he know got what. funny the... where he can cut the back of his hair now as well. <laughs> yes. I don't know what the GCPD's bazooka budget is, but apparently it's a lot because everybody's got a bazooka in this, and they yeah, bl- and which is kind of yes, which I kind of I kind of like if you chalk it up to being part of Bar- Barbara's dream, where she's like, yeah, I guess then they pull out a bazooka. I don't know what else they would do. <laughs> yeah, um, man, even the way they animated the rain too, um. Like when she hits the car of her dad's car, oh, that is so brutal. fucking violent. And yeah. then he's comforting her. He takes off the mask, and Batman shows up, and he's like, "It's quiet." And in these new cartoons in the season, you don't get a lot of dead space where right. characters yeah. can just breathe. But this is one, and uh, it starts to rain silently. I think is what happens. Uh, and Batman's like, "Jim, I'm sorry." And he's like, "Save it," or I don't know what what he yeah. says, but yeah. I was I was really surprised that she died. Because in my head, I was like, okay, well, I'm trying to play out what's going on here. And it's like, all right, so Gordon knows he's Batman, so Batgirl falls. Something must happen. She falls like she falls like 200 feet, so <laughs> she's probably going to die. But I'm like, kid show, maybe she is just yeah. very, very badly injured, and she somehow gives up Bruce Wayne's name. So I was not expecting her to straight up die. Yeah. I think her hitting the car is the second most violent thing I've seen in this show. I think you do. It's hard for for a kids show. I don't think you can push. I think this is the line right here. Yeah. Or there was an episode, Mad Love, that's coming up, where a Joker hits Harley with a giant fish and slams and shoves her out of a broken window to the ground, and it's done in kind of like Ooh. a slow motion thing. Yeah. And it is brutal. And I remember Colleen looking up and being like, oh my God, this is a kid's show? And I'm like, yeah, that was the most violent thing I've ever seen in the show, followed by this. <laughs> yeah. It's always a girl yeah. getting hit, I think. It just, it's harder. Yeah. Unless it's my sister trying to change the channel. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, that's that's not a great trend to have in the show, honestly. But uh, <laughs> yeah. hopefully it only happens twice. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, uh, So if we want to get into the ending a bit. Yeah. Um, so we, obviously we find out that this is all part of Scarecrow's fear toxin and that Barbara is not actually not actually dead. But she does feel the need. It, clearly this fear is, is based in, in a true uh, 
bit of anxiety she has over her dual mm-hmm. life as Batgirl and as the daughter of the police yep. commissioner. So she goes to tell him, to tell her dad that she's Batman. And before she can get it out, he says, essentially, I I can't... I can't. Basically, he's like, I don't give a shit. Uh, but it's 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 a much more heartwarming way of doing that. Where he's kind. Of, what does he say? He says, uh, uh, he's like, I trust you and I love you. I trust. You make and, your own decisions or whatever. And he says something specifically where he's like, when it comes to whatever you're going to say specifically, I can't really comment on it. So let's just leave it at that. Which uh-huh. makes me assume that yeah. he is in fact acknowledging. Yeah. He's he's uh, what's the. What's he what's mean, the what's the what's the the phrase that they use in like? Uh, he has a plausible deniability. Yeah, plausible deniability, or if it's yeah. like you know, in all the president's men, where they're like, okay, if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. tell me. If I'm right, say nothing. And then right. so they ask a question, <laughs> and nobody says anything. Yeah. Um, so it's that kind of thing. But yeah. I do, I do think I have. So here's my here's my read. I have to assume <laughs> that the implication is that Gordon does know. Mm-hmm. He still loves his daughter, but obviously he has to maintain plausible deniability, and he can't right. really admit that he knows, because yeah. otherwise he just seems like a horrible father. <laughs> because otherwise, like if she's like coming coming to him to tell him that she's pregnant or something, he's like, honestly, don't even tell me. I probably shouldn't know anyway. I trust you. I trust you to do whatever's right. I'm gonna go watch TV. Yeah, or like. You know- I think uh, oh, the other changed, thing I changed my mind actually. <laughs> the other thing I was thinking was like when the <laughs> modern version of this, all I could think of was when she's like, "Dad, you're going to need to sit down." And he's like, "Uh oh," and I was like, "The next thing she's going to say is, I've decided to become a cam girl." Ooh, it's like, Ooh, yeah. you know what? Yeah. I uh, I can't comment on that, Barbara. Uh, <laughs> I trust you. It's funny. But, I didn't even know what cam girls were until someone told me the other day. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't know. I mean, I know what pornography is, but I, I didn't know that there was this culture of girls who were doing it on their own just to make money during COVID. You know, I guess oh, yeah. I'm not on I'm not on Pornhub enough to notice that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I feel like I feel does that the reading of it that he kind of has to know. Otherwise, I mean, it kind of comes off as he's just kind of yeah. blowing her off a little bit. So, so. yeah, I was going to push back uh, and say. I think you could interpret this either way. If you want to believe that he knows, you can. If you want to believe that he still doesn't know, you can interpret it that way too. But mm-hmm. given what you just said, um, if you assume he knows, then his dialogue and his approach makes a whole lot more sense. And he is still an intact character who cares about his daughter, but is also yeah. a cop. Like that is also that is the better solution here. If the other only alternative, the only other alternative is he has no idea what she's talking about, and he, she could be talking about being pregnant. In which case, it makes his response completely inappropriate. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you've convinced me, man. And I, uh, I've never, for 28 years or whatever, 20 years, I've been convinced that he could or couldn't know. But now I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think it's really funny, too, because it, it, it very much has that kind of thing where, you know, especially when you're a kid, mm-hmm. you you got to tell your parents something. Yeah. But you you're just all you're doing is playing out in your mind how it's going to go and how they're going to react and how it's going to be awful and and in her mind that's what this dream is and then you ultimately tell them and they're like yeah cool Mm -hmm. it's like that that's it yeah great awesome and 
I think that taken with his line to Batman that he says, uh, all I had to do was look at Barbara's diary. So he knew that her diary would contain information about Batgirl and Batman, which means he knew she was Batgirl. I think mm-hmm. that line and the ending itself is pretty clear now to me that he, that he knows. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Because it, it is... I'm really conflicted. And she knows, sorry, and she knows that he's Bruce Wayne. Because that's the first time that's actually, I think... Right? Oh, yeah, good point. I guess she would have to if that's the yeah. if that's the dream she's having, unless she just had a really specifically accurate dream without realizing it. <laughs> when you accidentally dream up the, who, who killed Professor Plum and you just happen to nail it. Yeah, yeah. Your, your, your subconscious mind actually does the deductive reasoning that nobody <laughs> who's actually paying attention can actually figure out. So it's weird. Uh, I, uh, I don't have a lot of dreams. I don't read about dreams. I don't think about my dreams too much. I just think it's your brain's filing system. Like, I, I don't care. I'm not a hippie like some of my other friends are. Um, but one time you, I lost my car keys. fun? So, I, uh, we don't have enough time. You got a hard out pretty soon, so I'll, we can get into it later. <laughs> oh, um, sure, okay. Blame but, it on uh, <laughs> no, uh, I had a, I lost my car keys once, and I for a few days I couldn't find them, and I went to sleep, and I had a dream that I left them in the couch cushion, and I got up in the morning, I checked, and it was exactly where they were. <laughs> yeah, That's the case only closed. Time a dream has ever meant anything to me. <laughs> it's all the proof I need. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but people uh, who like want to, you dated this girl. She's like, you won't believe the dream I had last night. In my head, I'm just like, oh motherfucker, can't I just get to work? Can't you just not tell me a bunch <laughs> of weirdo things? It's like telling me about like a Graham Morrison script or something that's not even finished yet. Like I, I don't care. Like give me the the abridged version. Mm-hmm. Telling dreams is dumb unless there's like a plot or structure to your dream. Well, you know, the X, Y, and Z happened in that order. But it's like, and then this happened, and then my neighbor showed up, and then we were on go karts. It's like, I, learn to fucking edit. That sounds fun. <laughs> I would, yeah. I would. That sounds like a dream that worth yeah. telling. I was a pleasure um, for her to date. I'm sure I was. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I. I. I, ha- I know someone who uh, unfortunately makes um, or has made romantic decisions based on dreams, mm-hmm. and uh, surprise, surprise, that doesn't usually tend to work out very well. Yeah. Um, but I won't get into that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. This. So, uh, what would you? What would you draw on this one? Uh, can you answer first? Yeah, I would redraw Bane. Because I just don't, I really don't like that design, and I would, I would really. I think you why does it take that? I yeah, I didn't say I'd redraw it, but I said that I didn't like the design. Why doesn't? Why does it take Batman? Again, what does Batgirl think of Batman in this in this subconscious situation? That it takes Batman like f- ten minutes to cut the wire on Bane's n- back thing there, like the venom thing, yeah. which he doesn't even use. He doesn't even I use know. it. You know, I waste so... of Bane. It's a waste of Bane. I think yeah. it's a good choice as a character <laughs> in this moment because he is imposing, et cetera, et cetera. Good choice to use him, but it's a little bit of a waste for me. It's just the spikes in the leather is what you're responding to. It's just it's these two things pretty much. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's the S&M vein. Um, it's funny. I don't feel like I got enough credit in Curse when I had Bane describe why he has that tube hanging out of his head. Um, and I had him go, it's a challenge. To my end, oh sure. Meaning yeah. he has it dangling out there on purpose. If you can right. come and get it, great, cut it. And I'm like, that's fucking brilliant. People are gonna write like, I'm gonna get tweeted like crazy tomorrow. There's gonna be articles like Sean fixed Bane, you know, whatever. Like, and mm-hmm. no, no mm-hmm. one fucking thought anything one way or the other. And if, if they did, they certainly <laughs> didn't say anything online. So thank you, everybody. <laughs> yeah, no that that is a great that is a great uh, explanation for that. I think that's very cool. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, 
I think the thing that I want to draw is uh, I like the drawing Batman escaping the Batcave in a rush. Oh, sure, um, yeah. Because I sort of did that with uh, Azrael, and I wanted to do more of it. I, I didn't have. I wish I had like another page or two to really have fun. Was uh, like Batman versus the Batcave. Like if somebody hijacked it and things were oh, going sure. off, and like mm-hmm. the exercise twisty, you know the little pieces of wood that spin around, and like the thing that Bruce Lee practices. Oh on. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. those things are spinning and they're hitting Batman. Like whatever. Like the bat. And uh, <laughs> I got to do a little bit of it in Curse, but uh, I would love to have had two more pages of him like running, ducking, swinging, you know, working his way down to the bottom of the cave where the water is. Like that would be super super cool. Well, you know, you should have done. You should have done a five page fold out of that sequence. You know, that I would, but I would tip it. <laughs> You know, so you do a fold out, but you hold the book like you're looking at a, a nude in penthouse. Uh-huh. Yeah. And at the top is the top of the bat cave. And he's working his way down all the way to the bottom where the boat is. I think that would be neat. Yeah, that would be pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what would you what would you rate this one? <laughs> oh, for me, five. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough not to give this one a five because uh, I, I do think the other thing that this episode shows is we have talked about episodes in this season being a little bit lacking on substance mm-hmm. and feeling a little bit rushed and man yeah. they get a lot of stuff into 22 minutes in this episode and it yeah. kind of it kind of makes me look at the other ones go what are you guys doing why is why how come paul can do it but you guys can't <laughs> that's why paul's a producer not just a uh, a hired writer or freelancer yeah it's like when the one kid in the class gets an a and everybody else is like getting a c and you're like why yeah. why is only one person figured this out yeah because that kid's a nerd and studies <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> excuse me i'm getting over a cold catch me off guard i lose it um <clears throat> oh man yeah yeah so i think that's going to be two fives from us uh we've hit yeah. the halfway point in our final season of Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going by faster than I thought it was going to. We're going to be hitting Batman Beyond as uh, uh, sooner than sooner than later. Yeah. I mean, I've been re- already reviewing those just for my own t- to try to write Derek Powers and some of the other mm-hmm. stuff in there. So I'm kind of admired in that right now. Cool. Uh, and yeah, it's good. But the fucking opening and the goddamn solo guitar bullshit. <laughs> Every episode, it's the same wailing. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they should but, uh, have hired Carpenter Brute to do a soundtrack for, for Batman Beyond. That'd be amazing. Yeah, they would have been like eight, I think. <laughs> yeah, I meant if they did it now. Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, Oops. that's going to do it for Ultimate Thrill and Over the Edge. Thank you guys for joining us. If you like what you hear. I don't know if people still rate and review stuff on iTunes, but if they do, hey, give us yeah. a rate and review on iTunes. That would be great. Tell your friends, your Batman-loving friends. To yep. listen to the badass podcast. Yep. Oh, uh, and uh, my housekeeping. Uh, we got plot holes done. I sent out PDFs uh, to the backers recently, three thousand all at once. There was a bit of a. It was hard because Gmail limits the amount of emails you can send. It's five hundred of one day. Mm-hmm. And at first, they're like, my assistants, like, let's just do five hundred a day. And I'm like, you're going to make some people wait six days. Like, they're going to lose their mind. You have to find a better way to do this all at once. And we did, mm-hmm. but it still came out kind of choppy. So. If you're listening to this and you backed it and you did not get your PDF, then reach out to uh, Jeff uh, at SGM Art Sales on Twitter and he will be all over that. <laughs> and uh, cool. yeah, thank you for backing and I hope you like it. And if you didn't back it and you're listening to this and you're a freeloader, <laughs> then uh, I will treat you like my sister. <laughs> <laughs> He'll only talk to you at reunions and holidays. <laughs> we get along great now. <laughs> we get it when she gets drunk she'll bring that story up because she knows that i'm so upset at myself still about mm-hmm. it 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I cannot have apologized. I don't think I've apologized for one thing more in my entire life than that. <laughs> and it's all because of this episode. <laughs> you know, that's what that's what making art is about, is doing stuff that affects people's lives. And in this case, yeah. it both split a family up and then ultimately brought it back together. So, I mean... Yeah, can't ask I'm more than you, that. Man, if you're in a fight and someone's like biting, kicking, uh, spitting, you just fucking lose it after a while. You know, like I don't know how cops keep their shit together for sometimes. You know, other, other times <laughs> they obviously sometimes. lose their shit. <laughs> I'm not defending all cops here. <clears throat> uh, all right, thanks guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for joining me, Sean. Yep, man, I'm happy to be here. This was good. Yeah. And uh, next time we will be back with Mean Seasons and Critters. Oh, those are two bad ones. Sorry. Oh, excellent. Excellent. (laughs) See you guys.